Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Talking about the standout moments, performers, and what have you, and I just catch up a couple a couple of bits and pieces. In part two, I'm going to do the transfers, uh, the, the Kylian Mbappe stuff, which has been... I don't think it's been... It's been publicly killed, but not as publicly killed, I think, as you know. It's what, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's rubbish. But we'll talk about it. Um, talk about Lavia and and about Liverpool's defence as well, um, which continues to be a big question, right? First off, before we dive into the game, uh, Jordan Henderson, since the last podcast, finally confirmed to not be a Liverpool player anymore. Sam, I've not really spoken mm-hmm. to you about it. Um, yeah, it's a shame for me. You know that we've we've covered. The moral complications of this up and down for, for weeks on end now. It was a bit of a shame that the timing of it, I mean, not, not least of all because obviously it's kind of thrown Liverpool's preseason plans into a little bit of disarray. Um, but the fact that he basically had to film his own farewell video and it yeah. was done horrendously. Um, and then there's a day while Liverpool obviously scrabble around waiting for everyone to get back in the building from the, the Germany tour so they could do some content to say farewell to and what have you but what are your general thoughts on it how are you feeling do you know what I think there's a few different ways to look at it from his perspective look he's done so well for us I've been one of his biggest fans he's been one of my favourite players of this era and I think I'm made up that he gets to go and earn sorry Steve's brought his juice bottle on with him <laughs> with his black one too <laughs> that's, that's Lucas's that isn't it no, it's mine and it's water. <laughs> you know, we got this last year when we played in the, yeah. um, the Pride tournament. Did you, I thought we got, I got one of them when we interviewed Dick Kite. No, and I, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with a tickly cough. And I, every time I wasn't on camera, I was going to wet my whistle. Just, but, but you <laughs> just pulled this like, you pulled a, like a, what looked like a, yeah, baby, down there before, a baby's yeah. bottle of juice out. It's just a sipping on it. Okay, it's just a bottle Well, because I don't trust animals down there as well. I don't, I don't <laughs> trust myself with cups around electrical items. <laughs> just in general. Just in, yeah, just in life, yeah. But, so, I mean, I tried to do it with them when I wasn't on camera, but then you alerted nah, me. Nah, you should have warned me you were going to do that beforehand <laughs> because like <laughs> you brought a baby's bottle out and started sucking on it in it's the middle. It's a water bottle. Yeah, I know. Do you not know have water No, no, I've literally got one of them as well. But it just looked hilarious because, yeah, you you know, you've got... You, I'm there. hydrating. Yep, doing a great job. 
great job. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sorry, Sorry Sam. mate. Absolutely. Sorry, audio we, we, Well, well adjusted. Yeah, yeah I was, I, I, I'm, I'm really pleased for him. He gets to earn a load more money. Probably another generation or two of his family are going to be looked after. For me, he's given enough to us as fans to, to deserve all the money he's getting. Look, we can go on all day about all the things he's said and done in the past, and that is that is issue to deal with now because he yeah. he made those alliances. He's going to have to deal with the consequences. That's on him. But um, from a Liverpool perspective, like I was talking about this with my friends recently, I don't think Liverpool are planning a million years of letting Henderson go. Mm-hmm. There's obviously he's done one of those kind of go and Klopp said, "Well, look, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you here if you don't want to be here." We all know what he's like, don't we? So, I think I think it's a it's a blow to us as a team. The 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 dressing room is going to be hit hard. I think the leadership teams double pronged hitting it with Milner going. So I think there's big big shoes to fill there. And please, I say. It looks now like we're going to move forward ourselves, which we're obviously going to come to in the second part of the show. So I think, it, you know, there's been a lot of change this year, so why not? I'm, I'm at that stage now, why not? Let's just go for it. I found it interesting, Jürgen, referenced in one of his pre-match or post-match, I can't remember now, um, about Milner, he went, when he's talking about solutions, and he said, like, you know, we always had James Mills come on and close out a game and we're going to need to replace that. Mm. And I do wonder if that was... You know, maybe that was earmarked for Jordan because there was, there was reports that they had a conversation about what Jordan Henson's role was going to be. It didn't say Jordan's not an idiot. Like you know, yeah. we signed for being here, and he asked, "Can he start playing further forward again?" That back in the day, and, and he got his wish, and he, and he did well there. But we've just spent best part of a hundred million pound on two number eights. He knew he knew his game time was unless he was going to go back to being a number six, which I don't think was ever really on the cards. Well, so, when you consider, he, he never really. He was never really a huge fan of doing that. No, he did, it, he, and it, he did a good job at it. And mm-hmm. it, it just felt like he was being earmarked for the James, the James Miller role. You'll be an eight, you'll be a six. You might have to go and do some run that right back occasionally. You're going to come on for five or ten minutes. And and I think that was the the, the, the role Definitely in the squad he was being earmarked for. He might not have fancied that. Completely understand it. It's not for everyone. Um, so the money's come in and, and everyone's agreed. My, my thinking, and I'm, I'm kind of like what Sam just said there, is that I think it can be positive. I think Liverpool's two worst regular players last year were Fabinho and Henderson. So as long as you get the upgrades in and it all works out well, the Liverpool could be better from this. But it's certainly unplanned. This this wasn't part of the you know, the meticulous plan that Liverpool like to do with their squad. This isn't that, which is why two weeks before we play Chelsea, we haven't got a DM. We've yeah. been left. You know, I know we're going to speak about that later. So I think from a, I think it could work out. I think the way it, it was handled was poor. Yeah. A video mm-hmm. of him training with another team before he's left. Yes. You know what? Like, yeah. it, it's it's yeah. not, it's bad. It, it's a mess. It's a bit, and it, I don't know. Their side's been awful. Yeah, hasn't yeah. It? Their side have not played respect at all. I think it's been, he shouldn't have been on that pitch training. That, he that, should know better that, than that. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it just speaks to the, 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 the shit show, the whole thing, doesn't it, Dan? You know, it mm-hmm. has been, it's been a mess from start to finish. And, you know, Klopp kind of referenced the getting used to this is how sort of transfers are now mm. and we talked about it for a couple of weeks about how it's all ass about it you know and this is the Saudi stuff is the is the is a even more exacerbated example of that where they're having quiet words with players before even bothering to register official interest and not even talking to the clubs in any way shape or form about it and Henderson's fallen foul and yeah everything about it was just a it's just been a mess and I'm glad that there was a degree of positivity. I thought the video with the players was was quite nice. It was mm-hmm. quite touching. You could see how upset a couple of them were over it and what have you. So you know, it shows what he means. 
the manager's not been very vocal on it. Well, um, he, did, he did his own video, yeah, to be fair, and that was good. Yeah, uh, just, you know, the whole thing around it, you know what I mean? And he, it's just, yeah, it's just a mess. It's just yeah, a mess. it is a mess. It's in pretty amateurish as well, and it's not befitting, because Sam sort of referenced how brilliant the captain has been. It's not befitting of the send-off he should have got, mm. in my opinion, like it should have been. We've seen him sort of walking around an empty Anfield doing his own farewell video it shouldn't have been that it should have been much more akin to what we did for Firmino and Gina Wijnaldum and players gone by it should have been that type of send off if not more so because you know, as much as we all love Bobby Firmino the character the player John Henson was the captain that won us everything you know ended yeah. up Premier League week so we should have had a lot more and it shouldn't have been the amateurish mess that it's been but you said there like the the art of tapping up is no more it doesn't exist anymore it's not a thing it's antiquated that now yeah. it's just Saudi clubs contact the player, see if they're interested, and then they'll start the business. Then they might contact the club. So it's not a thing anymore, that. So I think we can get used to that. To be with you. That's just the, how the norm is now with transfers. But I agree with the point. It definitely wasn't planned. Definitely sort of thrown Liverpool's best laid plans up in the air because, like Steve Evans, we like to be meticulous. We like to be proactive and not reactive. But it looks like Jörg Schmadke has walked into a bit of a situation here and how he sort of deals with it and how he can sort of cope and get it right is going to be crucial because I do think to sort of tie a bow in it I do think Liverpool can benefit from all of this it wasn't part of what we wanted to do this summer but it might leave us in a better place providing we get the decisions right from here on out I also think Paul I don't know if you agree but like yeah the, the money's good for, and we can throw Fabinho in this I know it hasn't officially been announced yet but like yeah the money's good but Liverpool still let them go like there was talk about Lewis Diaz and they were like nah so yeah. they've, they're, they're obviously relatively comfortable. Everyone's with got a price. They yeah. have, but Jordan Henderson's price wasn't that high. You mm. know what I mean? It was twenty. It was like twelve million quid. But, but I mean, like, if they'd come in with a hundred million pound from Mo Salah, they'd, they'd have probably got told no. I think Liverpool are still relatively comfortable losing these two players. Yeah. Which kind of a little bit again go back to my point earlier. Mm. It probably shows you that they're all right. Like they probably knew what, that there was a bit of a a downturn going to get twelve. You know, effectively getting your money back on two lads. You have for years and have won everything. I think Liverpool are relatively comfortable, and the way the way the manager's been speaking about the income and he seems all right with it. But it he's all right with it long term. I mean, short term, we play a game in two weeks. Well, exactly because he's that kind of manager. You know, he, he he he's not the kind of guy to just get upset about things that are. The reality is what the reality is. He'll build with what he's got, um, for better or for worse. So yeah, he's a he's a laissez faire kind of guy, and that stuff. Once he's got all the, once he's wrapped his head around it, he'll he'll move forward. Feels just, I don't know, not negligent, properly negligent. That would be if we got to September and we hadn't yeah. replaced mm. um, replaced the butt of the M in. But in this market, where everybody wants a DM, and now we've just basically thrown two out for probably. Well, it's enough money to buy Lavia, but it's not enough money to. To, to change the landscape for you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Well, we'll, we'll pick up on the transfer stuff. Uh, can, can I just add one thing on it, just with the Henderson thing? I think one of the things with Henderson, like people, a lot of people will say, "Oh, yeah, but Henderson was captain last year and we didn't do so well." And I think that's kind of the point. You know, when you're winning games, say you Liverpool win the first ten games of the season, it won't matter who's captain because everyone's flying, mm-hmm. everyone's putting in the same direction. The captaincy and the leadership comes in when you're struggling and you might not see it in the next game but it's in that week it's how Milner and Henderson and potentially Van Dijk and so pick them up and get them to go again and then eventually when you do pick up that form again it's probably a partly down to obviously the management and the players themselves but the leadership team keeping them going yeah. until that form turns up Gaspo so referenced that you know Gaspo it, referenced and he said we were, we were we playing go. poorly and Jordan had a meeting 
Mm. I don't, he was one of the first things I remember is that we had the speech. You had the speech, and, and, it, and I was like, wow, this guy is a captain. Yeah. yeah. We don't see, we, yeah, that, that is something they're going to have to. If we get beat by Chelsea, that's a real test of our, 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 our collectiveness and our leadership now. Yeah, well, it's right because you talk about it. You know, the, the, one of the examples as well of Henderson being held up is how he kept them going through COVID. You know, we've interviewed people when we did the Henderson documentary, and Trent said to me, you know, like that, you know, we don't talk about the, the league's not won. The league's not won. You know what I mean? No, it's not. And they're all going, come on, like, come on, Jordan. And he just refused to even have the conversation about how the title the title was won. So we and and that was actually pivotal to them maintaining that. What was yeah. it, 26 or 27 or 27 or 28 wins or whatever it was, up to the Wofford game. Um because Henderson set the the bar for that. And as you say, someone else has now got to come in and 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 do that. Um, you know, for being your confirmation yet, which again is just a this it just feels like a fucking mess. This whole thing. It looks like Mares got his deal done in about three days. Everyone else seems to be, you know, like it's like oh, someone's linked with Sally. Oh, there he is. He's sorted. He signed his contract and he and he's over there. We're gonna do the latest updates on that on the biased transfer podcast later. But um, the Fabinho ones, any one. He's it. out there, isn't he? And he's had his medical, so we're just, yeah. man, he's just waiting to see. And mm. two weeks, of, like with a very fine. But it nearly fell through. I think that was the mm. issue. He was yeah. on his way back, and then and then he was back again, payment terms and all that. But yeah, again, from if it, it feels like I don't, again, I'm, there are certain clubs who are just harder to deal with, and that might be us. It might, yeah. you know, it might be, it might be, it, <laughs> yeah. it could be, it could be Liverpool who are really being really meticulous. City, City and Newcastle oh, don't really need to so open our over specifics of deals. Yeah, the, Chelsea. Yeah. We're, us and United, they've took ages to get rid of Tellers and Barry's still not confirmed, is he? We're financially transparent football team, so I think it tells its own story, doesn't yeah, it? That's a good point. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't think anyone can sum that up any better. So yeah. Um, right, look, let's move on to the the third of the preseason games. Um, Dan Leicester beat them four 0 yeah. Pleasant. I had a good time coming here. It was a bit early to be watching a game of footy, I will admit. I had a little struggle um, with yawning through the, the first 20 minutes or so until my first cup of tea kicked in. Um, what I will say about it is there was a lot of very miserable human beings in the chat and the, for the first open 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... We did show a couple of little vulnerabilities on the <laughs> counter-attack, but, and people don't notice it until... A lot of people don't notice it until goals go in because they're the great signifiers. Actually, we we stopped that pretty sharpish, mm-hmm. and it was after about the, I I called it about the twenty five minute mark, but it gone a little bit earlier than that. Leicester never really laid a glove on us after that point. Oh, after that, no, not at all. It, the class, the dis- disparity in class, really sort of showed <laughs> after that point, didn't it? But there was definitely there, there were vulnerabilities. That's the word in the opening twenty. There were moments whereby we were caught in transition a little bit too much. We got caught on the counter a lot, which is what Leicester of old have always done to teams. Actually, it was interesting to see that their with their new manager, I think Enzo Moresco, were going to mm-hmm. carry on or revert back to that. Obviously, um, Pat and Daka hurt us. I think. The, obviously, the, the cause for concern was the fact that Keller has to make that one huge save early on, which is a really boss save, and you keep making saves sound, that's what he's there to do. Yeah. But when you're playing Leicester recently relegated, you want to see a little bit more solidity, let's just say. But yeah, I think loads of positives to take from the game yet again. I mean, the attackers are in rich goal-scoring form, aren't they? Nunes takes his goal before he scores really well, which is a positive. So yeah, I think another... Another good pre-season game under our belt with more good minutes to the lads. Obviously, Sobber's like comes on and gets like half an hour, whatever it was, which was nice because we weren't quite sure where he was at. So, yeah, another good run out uh, in the heat of Singapore. And, yeah, I think a lot to take from it, to be honest. So, yeah, 
what you want to see is is, is forward scoring goals. For me, Salah's a big one. He, he, he's at his creative best, and I think he's at he's at his best when he's creating because he'll always score. Yeah, uh, and and I think the other one is Nunes because I think you'll always see Gakpo, Diaz, Jota just sort of rotate chipping in with goals. But Salah and Nunes for me are the two that we need to pop for the season to go where we want it to go because Nunes has to score goals. That's yeah. his job in it. The yeah. others can all do other things and create madness themselves but he is the goal scorer so it was a good finish and um, and again the, the, the goals I followed the, the work Salah did was brilliant so really impressed with the red so far it's I, I, I do wonder whether like Salah and Trent this time last year were promised something about how Liverpool were going to play and because of the injuries and the mess that, that kind of unfolds as the season goes on they had those promises sort of reneged upon and you don't really get back to that until the back end of the season when we should, we, we should switch the system. And I think there's a bit of like Salah, and you could see this in the Community Shield, and it's funny because it's, it was an honest day thing on Facebook, so I was looking back at my photos of that. And you just, Salah just kind of not even part of the team. He's kind of stepping back and soaking it up a bit like, I've signed my contract, this is my team, I'm more of an elder statesman, Look at the, let, the, let the young lads go and soak this all in, how great it is. And obviously Trent just looked like he had a cob on for the first half of the season. I just wonder whether there is a bit of this now. We rebooted the attack last year and we never really got to see that in, in action. Mm. I think we're seeing that now, Steve. And it looks like Salah in particular, it just looks like he's playing with a weight off. He's picking the ball up wide right, he's, he's making the pitch huge, as, as big as he can, but he's not got this pressure on to, like, I've got to be three men and slam this in the top bin. He is doing a something. He's playing creator role a bit more, which we know he's actually brilliant at. When Salah's just like, it's almost like he's gone, I'll, I'll score today. If I don't score, I'm definitely going to get an assist. And, I, you know, I made a prediction yesterday. It wouldn't shock me if there was if we literally went, like, there wasn't a game went by where Salah didn't mm-hmm. actually register some sort of goal contribution. Yeah, because you cast your mind back to start last season and it was very odd. Mm-hmm. He was playing, like, on the touchline and it was a bit like what are we tying here and Alexander Arnold was right back he wasn't inverted but he was going walkabout and it, it was all just a bit of a shambles and then it, it, the, the season quickly got away from Liverpool they, they, they cocked that one right up um, there aren't as much, there's not much sense of that this year really is the so on the, 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 the thing with Salah is that he's the man now like the other two have gone Like it, it's the, it is the most Salah show it's, mm-hmm. you're talking about who's in the team it's most Salah plus two you can argue till the cars more, but who the other two are, and there are justifiable arguments for all four, two of any of those four. But Mo Salah plays, mm. so he's kind of he, he can be a little bit relaxed. He's he's, he's Mo Salah, of course, he's sound, and he's got nothing to prove. He'll be pissed off that he's got to play Europa League football, and he'll want to change it. And I don't, I would never doubt Mohamed Salah's like commitment to that. You know what I mean? He's he's a born winner, and he and he wants to win and get Liverpool back, but and himself back to where he needs to be. But it's the the whole. What I've been impressed with is that. There are certain areas of the pitch where well, one in particular, obviously six, we'll speak about later, where like, yikes, the options aren't great. Up front, like I say, any combination of, of Salah plus two, and I'm relatively comfortable with all of them. Nunes is playing really well down the middle so far. Jota has been brilliant down the middle and on the left. Diaz looks sharp. Gakpo looks brilliant. And so that sounds right. The the attacking side of the team is really, really positive. And it might be, listen, if we are going to be in a bit of a, a situation where we're going to have to not accept that the defence isn't great, but there's work to be done and there's signs to be made. You might have to go and score a few, uh, you know, we've scored four in three successive games now. It might be that you've got to win a couple of four twos while you figure out who your DM is and how he fits in or Stefan Bacetic doesn't fit you. They might have to do it. We've certainly got the firepower to 
to score against anybody, well, and that, that's the main thing. This was the thing last season. Goals cover up a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. They paper yeah. over cracks, yeah. and we didn't score enough goals last year by Early miles. On. Yeah, exactly. You know, by, just by miles. But apart from the ones where the out, we got the outliers. We got Bournemouth and United, yeah. which really helped to bolster the overall goals scored um, and give some great memories. Particularly United, we beat them seven now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they haven't lost like that by that many goals in like seventy years. Um, but yeah, you, uh, that's. I think Steve's point is great. I think Dan, you, you want a rounded squad. You want a rounded team. Yeah. You want to get back mm-hmm. to us being the best of the best, where we were the best defence and the best midfield and the best attack. But in the interim, if you've just got the best attack, then we should be at least having a bit of fun on the on the on the road. Yeah, and it certainly looks like that, doesn't it? You reference it there. You know, these preseason games have been fun for that reason. Really, we have been a little bit vulnerable at the back. We've been a little bit too easy to attack against. But yeah, in terms of going forward, the options, the, the firepower's there in abundance, and you can include the attacking midfielders in that as well. Obviously, Bobby Clark, I was really impressed with him yesterday. Sobers line, McAllister looks levels above. He mm-hmm. looks absolutely outstanding. So there's loads to be dead happy about in an attacking sense. And yeah, we might have to. And it's interesting. That Klopp, when he spoke on the We Are Liverpool podcast, referenced what you've just touched upon there in terms of about wanting to be the best at everything. And yesterday, I think it was the manager of Leicester again said, This is the best team in transition in the world. So it's interesting that we might have mastered that already. But yeah, I think if we are going to go into the season a little bit short of where we'd like to be, obviously, there's a few more weeks of the transfer window after that to sort of address those issues, then it's not a bad place to be if you score, if your attackers and your lads just score the goals. I mean, on fire, like all of them seem to be right now. I mean, you said it there, Steve. I don't know who would be picking as a front three I'd probably have my choice but you could easily sort of make an argument for a few different options so that's a pretty positive place to be because I'd be I'd be especially going to Chelsea I'd be very reticent to say that we weren't going to concede a couple of big chances Mm -hmm. but if we've got our lads in the form that they're in I'd also back us to win the game I think that's I think that's spot on and you know it's interesting the the whole six thing Sam obviously you know we we just don't have defensive midfielders at the football club at the moment. We tried Jones in there for this one, and I just thought it was a better fit in 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 general. I was a little concerned early doors with those chances that we, we talked about, but once Liverpool got possession of the footy and then started pressing correctly in the attack, it's what we Jurgen yeah. and Peplin has been talking about all along. You know the. the we weren't energetic enough. We weren't organised, disciplined enough in our press last season, and that left us exposed going the other way. Once we got that sorted, we we didn't need Claude Machalelli playing as a destroying no, right. number six for us. You needed Curtis Jones to just get the ball, move it on, move, move get it moving on. And I think we, we, Leicester being where they are, if you met, cast your mind back to last year when we played Leicester, I remember missing the first 15 minutes of the game, getting in and watching it. And we battered them. And I was like, what's everyone crying about? And then I saw them first 15 minutes back after the game where mm-hmm. they had loads of counter-attacks. It's a bit what Leicester are like, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think, but with it being a pre-season friendly as well, I think it probably takes a little while to get that motivation going in a game as well. And and you'll see that. I mean, look, Curtis knows our system well as well. He knows, uh, Klopp's talk about how tactically aware he is. And I think he, that's why he can go in there and do it. But, You've also got to look at the team that is proud. There's always a couple of young players in there or, or players that aren't really going to be around or in the squad or starting lineup come the first game of the season. So there probably is a little bit of getting to know each other as well as having the new players in there. So you're, you're going to concede chances. Look, you know, you can lose pre-season games that mean nothing. But the fact that we're going out and winning them all, we drew the other one, I think it shows that we're all, we're all moving in the right direction. And For me, the six things... I thought McAllister would probably play more there than he has, if I'm being honest. But it, it, is, a, it is a thing. But 
in pre-season if we can get everything else where it needs to be at least it means you've only got one maybe two that, issues that's to what fix. it feels like to me it feels like because we could why would you not just have played McAllister in, in there but it feels like we're trying to make sure that the attack is yeah. right mm. don't undercut the, the, it's an, there are issues that need to be resolved but just find a stopgap solution yeah. for some things and put as many of your best players in their best positions and trust yeah. that that's enough to carry you through yeah it's it, it is weird because as it stands, Curtis Jones might be playing DM against Chelsea. Right? <laughs> no, no, I don't want. Though, yeah. you know, that, that, as it stands, that's probably the odds-on favour, which yeah. we, we don't want. That that isn't what Liverpool are after at all. It's one thing doing it against the Championship side of a friendly, but Chelsea at Stamford Bridge on the opening day of the season. Now nah, you don't want that. So there are things to work out. Like I say, Stefan Bacetic is injured. We don't know. Where, he's he's he might get a couple of games under his belt. At least one. The game at Preston against Stamford, yeah. and, and you, know, you don't that could change things, but. They, they, that's the one thing everything else is you're absolutely right they could have just dropped a couple of things it was interesting that he's gone now back to putting Trent at right back and he's basically said that's where he's going to be the first two games were just they were get fit you didn't have Jones yeah. and, whatever, and that was just like a gift they were get fit get yourself back and these are now you can start to see a little bit more tactical now and a bit more being applied so I think a lot of that team that started the other day will, will start against Chelsea but like I think the reason that Leicester got in so often was Jones in the six a little bit. There was a lot of space there. And I get it. It is in his position. He's he's a he's an attacker who's just gonna have to to do a job. There'll be games where you know if you're dominating the ball at home to someone, you might you might be able to use a Thiago or a Jones. But Liverpool still need to get that sorted. You know, if the Lavia stuff, I know we're going to talk about later. How long does he need to adapt? Are Liverpool comfortable if he get that deal done? Giving him one friendly and then throwing him in. They, they might have to be, and, and it might just be needs must. But again, it goes back to the first conversation. They're dealing with something that they didn't really expect to deal with. Mm-hmm. The plan was, even if they'd assigned Lavia, which I think they might have done anyway, Fabinho would have still played against Chelsea and then yeah. eventually Lavia would have took over that role. Yeah. But again, we, we find ourselves in a situation where we are scrambling around. A I think bit. the thing about it, you're right, because I don't disagree with any of it, by the way. Uh, you know, I think we are lightweight. We're lightweight in defensive bodies and in, in the sixth position, without a doubt. Again, we'll, we'll focus more on that in part two. But once we... The count, you're only vulnerable to the counter-attack if you let them play the ball. And that's the thing that we just didn't get our heads around, is that once, again, they have, a little bit late on in the second half, when I think tired legs had a much weakened defensive side for Liverpool in the second period, they had a couple more chances. Again, they threw a bit of the kitchen sink at it. You know, they brought Ian Acho on toward the end and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you know, they, they couldn't get that first pass, let alone the second or third one. You need to actually trigger a proper counter attack. Um, so yeah, you know, if we can keep on top of that, then we should be we should be competitive. Um, just to talk on a couple of the other players and performances, we mentioned the Darwin New and Nunes stuff. I'm I'm continued to be impressed by him. I, I you know, uh, Dan, I just Sam's right. You know, we need him. Yeah. We need him to click. It feels like we're all in on Darwin Nunes right now. We had this conversation a week ago and we said, and I, my speculation was I thought Jota was going to start mm-hmm. as, a, as a nine. It was interesting to see him used off the left. It was interesting to see him use Gakpo back in the nine for, in the second half. But one thing that actually hasn't changed is Salah's still off the right and we've played Darwin consistently through the middle. It leads you to believe that they're going to go for that all in, all in on Darwin Nunes. Yeah, I think so as well. And it, the positional side of it is probably the most interesting point. Obviously, his form and the fact that he's taking goals and he's pretty calm in front of the goal as well, that's all great. But for me, it is positionally because we 
didn't really find the perfect fit for him last year. For a little bit, it looked like he might be from the left. He looked quite good centrally as well at times. You kind of trying to find a place for him, but now it feels as though, right, you be Darwin Nunes, which is getting up and down centrally, getting yourself in the box, getting on the end of things and scoring goals, and that has to be his fit. He is lightning quick. We know that. We've seen him do that. So sort of running behind, that type of thing. That's what Darwin Nunes does. That's what he is. That's what he was sort of born to be, if you like, as a footballer. So I think... Not not overloading him with stuff to think about is crucial. And that sounds so simplistic. It sounds a little bit harsh in a way as well. But I think we did see times. I always harp back to the, the 7-0 game. And Darwin Nunes started that game on the left and just looked lost yeah. for half an hour. Didn't know what to do. He had too many instructions. He's running back with his man. He just looked confused by it all. Whereas if you just keep it pretty simple for Darwin Nunes and say, you running behind on your man's shoulder, get in the box and make things happen from there. He can do that. Yeah. We've seen he can do that. So I do think we might have to sort of strip it back a little bit. And it's going to be a horses for courses thing because there's going to be games whereby you want Jota in the central role because he'll just get on the end of stuff instinctively, bang, goal. Cody Gakpo, listen, we all know how much I love Cody Gakpo, but when you want his intelligence, his ability to drop deep and make things happen around him, you're going to want him as well. But I just think... Judging by what we've seen in pre-season, I think we're going to keep it real simple for Nunes. We might have to, we might have to sacrifice a little bit with that because I think Klopp would like him to be this sort of. Because he mentioned it over the weekend, didn't he? He said what will get him into the team will be his readiness to defend. So he's going to have some instructions mm-hmm. to take on. But I think in terms of seeing him track back and sort of create space and hold off men, don't know if that suits him. No, and and it's interesting. Paul Tompkins did a great piece on like the just an analysis piece on the Liverpool attackers and then a couple of other comparable ones, you know, Erling Haaland being like the grade A, just saying mm. he's just an absolute freak in age, which we all know. But it was interesting seeing the spider diagrams compared between the two and broad shape wise between Darwin and Haaland are the same. It's just that Darwin's got a lot more like progressive carries and progressive yeah. sort of take-ons and stuff because he played left wing and mm. he was being asked to do more shit. Nobody, nobody's overbearing the nailing Harland no. with players a false nine and yeah. think about everything else. To do it. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to do it. He, 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 with Harland, like we were talking, I was speaking about, he's like Van Nistelrooy, you know. But you didn't see Rude Van Nistelrooy dropping in, pirouetting on the pitch and pulling players, making. Uns- he didn't really make unselfish runs neither. Neither does Harland. Harland makes runs so he gets on the ball. Yeah. When you play up front for Liverpool, look, Bobby. Bobby probably made two unselfish runs to make space for somebody else mm-hmm. nobody's not getting the ball before he did one where he got the ball and I think that's the difference if you can get Nunes in that same mould look he's a freak Harland and let's not expect Nunes to do the same but if you can get Nunes in the same kind of mould get him moving in the box making those movements with the defenders get on the end of the ball and look if Trent's going to drift into midfield I did think last year when I think Trent set him up twice once against Leeds and once against Newcastle in a similar mould pulled inside and clipped it over the top because mm-hmm. he can do it and Nunes scored and I thought ooh that's that's the way Nunes could be used and he, we didn't really see him after that did he we? got injured injured and all that yeah, terrible. but that can now carry on and they've got to know each other a bit more the fact that he speaks English now helps and all that he's took the number nine on Trent's it feels like it's his time now doesn't it yeah. I think that all fits into play together you know what bodes well for him is that I think he's played a lot with Mo Salah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mo Salah's going to play. So yeah. it's it, it, I don't know if it's it's tipping the managers at it, but it kind of is a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's, if, if you're building partnerships and things like that, there's, we've seen a lot of Salah Nunes together, which makes you think that, that that's the managers go to one. And there's pros and cons for, for, again for all of them. What I would say about Darwin is that he does get himself in goal score positions a lot. Like mm-hmm. his XG is even last year was mad. Just didn't really finish it. Uh, his composure's been better 
so far. You, you mentioned the offside one. He took really well, obviously, mm-hmm. his offside. His finish is actually a good striker's finish. So he's got a lot going for him. I think... I, again, go back to like the old John favourites for the Chelsea game. I think Darwin's got himself in the lead. I think he'll be starting up front. I just think it's smart. I just think it's smart. You know, it, 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 it's like we got Gakpo in and went, right, okay, well, here's almost our safety net here because he's so good and he can play anywhere. And I, I wonder whether it's almost what we saw in the at the weekend was that second half team was a bit like, okay, well, look, where's Ke- let's go all in on Nunes. And we'll give him a, a spell of time. We won't tell him he's got a spell of time. We'll just tell him he's the main man. But if he goes tits up, Diogo Jota can play yeah. number nine. And if with that whole style of play doesn't work, we'll go back to Gakpo playing as the as the you know, and we'll go back to the Firmino style attack. Liverpool have got a our attack is so well constructed now mm-hmm. with so many different things mm-hmm. that you can do. I think it's like, yeah, we've got plan A, B and C quite comfortably there. Yeah. And then actually when you throw Doak and even Diaz into the mix, who are kind of almost peripheral to that, they feel like support players to what the other lads are, are trying to do. The other lads feel like the goals, the, these feel like the ones who are just going to come on and be electric, be X-factors, be unpredictable mm-hmm. for us. But I really like the the, the newness stuff because I agree, it's just... Let's just, let's just make him centre forward. Play him as centre forward. Man City never overburdened Sergio Aguero no. with, with those things. They don't overburden Haaland. You just let him do what he does. And there'll be game times where you need more intelligence up front. Don't make Darwin do that. Just move Gakpo into the nine. Yeah. Move Jotter into the nine. Do and then do that. You know, who knows? There might be someone else who arrives. You know, Sobers line might be good at that, you know, down down the line or whatever. And again, City don't ask themselves with you know, they've got a load of players who can do loads of stuff, and then that allows you a couple of specialists mm-hmm. in your side to really, to really make it. And yeah, that's what Darwin feels like. It feels like we're, we're going to trust in the specialist, and he's now a year more sort of integrated into the squad. But that works both ways. He now knows more about his teammates, mm-hmm. and his teammates mm-hmm. know more about him. And you know, he know he they know where he's going to run, and he knows now that he's going to get the passes when he makes the runs as well. I think it's very, very encouraging. Um, the youngsters, Ben Doak is fucking brilliant. And I I can't, I don't want to oversing his praises because of pressure and what have you, Steve, but that kid, um, he's, he's so raw, but the raw elements that he's got, we talk, I think it was last week we talked about it, like, you know, if Harvey Elliott had his pace, he'd just be the best player on the planet. But he um, having those raw attributes, you've seen it again, time and time again, stands his man up and bursts past him from nothing. Or it's a little give and go and it's an overlap and run. It's like three times he gets to the byline from nothing. And that's just an asset that you can't, you can never train. You can train the final ball and the game intelligence and experience that'll come in time, but you can't train being able to go past the man from a, from a standing stop no it's it's Sterling-esque when we had mm-hmm. young Raheem Sterling in the team he's he's very raw he takes a goal well actually I look like a, a real planned set piece that Liverpool mm-hmm. had designed just for him to nod one home which is <laughs> definitely weird for him to nod home like, <laughs> four for one yeah <laughs> but it worked he was ghosting he, he was, making, yeah, he was he ghosting him round the back I don't know if that's the, uh, the right winger to nod in and yeah. it just, mm-hmm. just happened that he, he was in there but yeah he is he's very exciting you're right he is very very raw but he's um He's, the other players know how good he is because he keep giving them the ball and going, you know what, mate, just have a go at him. Go and, go and send him west for five minutes and just run rings around wherever that poor left back is. So he is very exciting. I, I'm guessing, you know, if Liverpool are looking for a sixth attacking option, he's probably throwing himself in the mix. You know, Europa League, certain games, cup games, whatever. Obviously, um, Sobersly rather can go out there if he needed to. We've still got Elliot who can do things as well, but. 
there's something about young lads with pace, and, and it is frightening, you know, for for a defensive team. Like worst case is he's absolute shite, but he can just run there fast, mm-hmm. and you've got a damage high, right? And he gives defenders nightmares. You know, Ben Doak will. No one will want to play against them. You, you know, you fancy your chances in ninety minutes because you're trying to boot them as often as you can. But like little ten minute, fifteen minutes cameos, and like he's so young, he's just turned seventeen. He's got a bright future ahead of him. But like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sending him out on loan. I'd be keeping him around, getting him used to being at Liverpool. But you, you are right. There's, there's always one or two young lads who, who who stand out. Like they're just different, and he is just different. Yeah, there's a. Um... There's a level, I think, to the young players, Dan, uh, uh, Doak, and I think now Clark, from what I've seen of him in pre-season, are fringe first-team players now. I think Scanlon and McConnell have actually handled themselves really well, to be mm-hmm. honest. I McConnell, particularly given that um, he was sold on the river in a big t- big way by Adrian last week, has <laughs> actually been, it's been okay. Yeah. I think Scanlon's put a, put a good shift in as well. Quant is another one around that sort of round mm-hmm. level. Great cross for Nunes last week for the header that gets saved. Um, but yeah, Doak and Clark, and Clark in particular, I think he's kind of going under the radar because everyone has just fallen in love with Ben Doak. Mm-hmm. But Clark just looks a proper Liverpool Klopp midfielder. Yeah, I really like Bobby Clark as well. I think where it's interesting for Clark as opposed to Doak is positionally, because obviously we're quite blessed now in that sort of attacking eight role, having time McAllister and Sobersly, and we've got obviously Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones on the back of that. So I do wonder with Clark whether, in terms of short term, or he might need a loan out just to play more senior football. He's a bit older than Ben Doak as well, so that could be the outcome there. But I really like him, been really impressed, took his goal well. You know, did himself absolutely no harm yesterday in that performance. For he deserved the goal, actually, to be honest with you, watching the game. I felt like he deserved something to to show for his performance. But yeah, Ben Doak is... I, I waxed the look about Ben Doak all day long. I think he's sensational, I really do. And like two or three weeks ago, I could have sat here and said, oh, I think he might need a loan. I think I might have sat here and said that. But now I've completely shifted. He has to stay around. He has to be the guy. For me, you mentioned a couple of possible options there in terms of backing up Salah as a right winger. Let Doak do it. Like, let him do it because... Left backs are going to deal with Mohamed Salah, probably struggle to deal with Mohamed Salah for 70, 75 minutes. And then Ben Doak's going to come on and you think, what's going on here? Why is this kid coming on? I don't need this. But yeah, I think all the youngsters have done really well, I should just say, to finish that little section, actually. Because I think even Kumas and people like that have done a good job. And I'm really impressed with JL Kwan. So I thought the block at the end of the game yesterday was really impressive too. So it's been a positive pre-season for some of them. Some of them, like you touched upon, won't be anywhere near the first team this season, rightfully so. But yeah. be interesting to see what they do do and where they go because I think there's a future for some of them lads there, especially Ben Doak and Bobby Clark. Yeah, I think Clark will probably go to Preston on loan in it when mm. when the back. I think we've got a little agreement there, haven't we? we I think so yeah, I yeah. think they're waiting, waiting for obviously he had to go on the tour. They need the numbers and, and and things like that. But I think once Thiago, Bichetic. And maybe so a, and, and a sign, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, you, you've got that's good. I, I like that. Just sorry, that's I fine. like yeah. because I, I, I want to see him, I want to yeah, see him play football. You yeah. know what I mean? And the under 23 is great, 18s, whatever. But I think sort of going to the championship and playing good competitive football will be great for it'll, him. It'll harden him, won't it? Yeah, yeah. The problem with Doak going on loan, say you stick Doak to the championship, he'll just get volleyed everywhere because mm. of the type of player he is. Whereas Clark, you kind of almost want him to because it'll, it'll make him more solid when he comes back. Doak's fortunate in a weird way that he's. He's too young for a loan. Really. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? He's, he's actually still got development to do. There's more benefits in him just being with the under twenty ones. You know, but train exactly. I'm training with the first team. He'll gain. He'll gain more from that. Whereas you're right, Bobby Clark. Actually, if you're going to play in midfield, you are going to need to to toughen up a bit. I think. I mean, look, Doki's. We 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 saw him when we were filming the the Hendo interview for Bobby a couple of weeks ago at the at the accent, and uh, he was t- he's short, but he's 
you know, he's he's quite stocky for, mm. the, for he's quite a stocky build, I and mean, he's quite a powerful lad anyway. I mean, just judging by how deep his voice is, um, he's clearly <laughs> got a, he's clearly got something going on. But the um, he's Jerry Shinnerman. Yeah, Jerry Shinnerman, Belter, Scottish song. He's um, <laughs> he's yeah, he's and that, just having that pace means he'll he'll be all right. And I think he's he's, he's a bit of a he's got gnarl about him. You know, he nearly gets injured playing last week because he he gets in a tussle with the with the Greta Firth left back and he actually gets his ankle caught or his calf caught mm. or whatever. So I think I think he'll be all right. Um, and you're right, it, the age thing means you can I think you can hold him as your sixth. As your sixth forward, yeah, yeah. and then he'll be made up just to be on the bench, and he get, he can be a bit of a, an X factor. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Um, Stevie C seventy eight sent a super chat in uh, while we was on. It's a fa- apparently it's his first ever super chat, so well done, mate. Um, I'm not worried about the fact that we conceded some chances. He says uh, we will always concede chances playing the high press again. P.S. Doak <coughs> must make the squad. Yeah, I, I think I think we're all in agreement there. Um, such a talent. Um, Good to see him against Bayern, won't he? That that's a test for for um, for Bobby Clark as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. without without a doubt. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pleased that we mentioned Quanta. I think he probably ties in better to the conversation in part two when we're talking about the defence. But I mentioned I thought he had a I thought he had a good solid performance there. Uh, right, we will take a break, and when we return, we're going to be discussing the Kylian Mbappe transfer bollocks, uh, Lavia, uh, and what Liverpool do with regards to defensive recruitment. In a sec. Hey you, do you like incredible Liverpool memorabilia? Well, I've got a boss prize for you. It is this. It is a signed Costas Simicast shirt. The man that won us the FA Cup. If you want to be in with a chance within this fabulous shirt, then go to redmanplus.com. Sign up or upgrade to legend tier status and your name will go in the prize draw for this. Yes, get a bit of Costas in your life. Become a legend subscriber on redmenplus.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Yes, last chance saloon to uh, get your name into the hat for our signed Costas Simicast shirt. Is that right? 
No, yeah. it's yeah. No, it's that was the wrong one. Well done. Um, the um, our signed legend shirt. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> uh, one more day. We're going to be doing the draw on one day after this. We're going to do the draw on Wednesday during the Bayern Munich game. So if you want to be in the of winning our signed legend shirt and have your name in the hat for next month's Costa Simica shirt draw, then go over to redmanplus.com, sign up uh, at Legends here, and you'll be in with a shout for that. Uh, right. You just announced the next month's prize as well at the same time. I mean, it was literally just in the video. No, yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Right. Perfect. Cool. Legends now, Costas August. Yeah. Yes. Good, good prizes, then. They are good prizes, yeah. I mean, ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, it, the right? legends on that shirt are, you know, something to behold, aren't they? It's something else, like, genuinely. It's a, it's a, it's a eclectic a, mix. Eclectic. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better, yeah. A genuine, a unique and eclectic mix of former Liverpool players on that shirt. Um, right. Killian Mbappe. Steve, this is so much horse shit that we can't get anyone to go on record to, uh, to, to say how much horse shit this is. It's probably a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, just uh, mad. Like, so, so it's obviously not going to happen. It's, there's no truth in it whatsoever. And this is what annoys you sometimes about like, gotta be careful. Like, sit. Like that is obviously a story. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Complete bollocks. It gets printed. It gets put on the back of a newspaper. It gets put everywhere, and all of a sudden, there's all like people laughing and joking. And listen, I've, I, I went along with it on social media. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. It's, I, I, you know, if you don't believe this, you're an idiot. Of course, it's nonsense, but. It, this just goes to show sometimes, and it's the extreme example of it of like, don't believe everything you read, or don't believe everything that, that gets put across. Like, people keep messaging, like, oh, this rebuild, we were promised £200 million. Re-. Like, no one ever promised that. Mm-hmm. A few people wrote about it in a couple of articles and whatever, and nothing's ever not, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't believe it. The, the, it's just another way to show how massive Liverpool are. Yeah. Because. It was what was a pretty quiet weekend. There's going to be the transfers are going to start ranking up this week, aren't they? Ramping up rather, you know, by Munich with with Kane and, mm. and there's lots going on and Chelsea is still spending blah blah blah. Just fill the gap um, with absolute bollocks. Liverpool haggling over a couple of million quid for a 19 year old from Southampton. Don't quite think they're going to give Keane and Mbappe a million pound a week or whatever. They're going to yeah buy get paid thirty million or whatever but to have them for a year to then effectively facilitate him going to Real Madrid. Everything about it just stank down, you know, from mm-hmm. from minute one. And it's look, it's 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 fun. I, I I say this, and I've seen this a lot in the comments. I've seen a lot of people. Go, I'm worried about this, or I'm stressed about this. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. So I've said it elsewhere, but. Like, there's literally fellas paid millions to actually stress about these things. Mm-hmm. It's not our, not a, if you want to stress about it, stress about it. You can stress about anything in life. There's other things, probably things that you are actively responsible for in your life and you might be paid money for. Probably focus on them. Um, so I do find it, I find it fun. I think it's funny to see Liverpool link with players that we're never going to get. I like the flight of fancy in the conversation. I just do. Um, but if the slim chance that Liverpool are ever going to sign Mbappe passed. Around well, yeah, when he left Monaco, but but even more, you know, around the time that when COVID hit and you know and, and mm. the, the market fell apart, the only chance we were ever going to get him was two or three years ago, where you sell Salah for 150 million to Real Madrid and you go and get Kylian Mbappe as his replacement. But now he's now the, mm. the heir apparent to the best player on the planet. He's turning down. 700 million a year moves to Saudi Arabia you know it's just yeah. nonsense that new contract he signed last year when he basically became the owner of PSG put pay to any chances <laughs> I thought we had of signing him personally but yeah it was good fun I fully enjoyed it I fully enjoyed the fallout after I got asked about it on the news show earlier dozens of times in the comments what about the Mbappe to Liverpool stuff and yeah it, it was utter nonsense and I actually reached out to a few 
different people, different people I have conversations with all the time. None of them I'll name names on because some of them are on holiday, but just gave me a little line almost to take away from it. Like, yeah, come on, basically be serious. Was sort of the response <laughs> I got from some very reputable French journalists, especially saying he only wants to join Real Madrid. That was sort of the one constant throughout the replies and the, the conversations I was having. He only wants to join Madrid. Like, his heart is fully set. And I actually do think, you know, he does have some admiration for Liverpool. He's spoken about that in the past. His mum is a big Liverpool fan, as we know. Um, so I do think there is a little something there. But by this point now, it's just Real Madrid. He's just waiting to move to Real Madrid. So as you say, we're not going to sort of facilitate that move and allow it to happen. It's interesting that Romano actually comments on it over the weekend as well. I've seen saying PSG would actually quite like that move to happen because it makes sense for them. It gets the troublesome Kylian Mbappe off their books. But one thing I did want to say is in the conversations I was having with the, the chat earlier on on our live, is like, do we even need him? And, I was thinking, and at least it's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm aware it's not going to happen, but you find a place for Kylian Mbappe <laughs> in your side. Like, well, he is yeah. sensational. Yeah. Well, this way. is why... I- so I said I was saying this on this on the last show on Sunday was, and you can't have a fair discussion about this on the internet because I totally agree. Liverpool do not need to go and buy another striker. We've got six brilliant attacking options. I I don't think there's a club on, on earth that's got a better, more varied you know yeah. quality of six mm. attacking options available to them. But it's fucking Kylian Mbappe, <laughs> and there is just a thing of like, yeah, just sort it out in a year. You know what I mean? Like, have him come in, let him score, let him and Harlan duke it out for the uh, for the Golden Boots. Let him score fifty goals, and then move on, and then worry about the aftermath. Here's a poll, though, Paul. Sign Mbappe for a year. Sign no one else. Sign a defender and a midfielder. Yeah, don't sign Mbappe. Oh, sign me up with the Mbappe. Mbappe yeah. would win. So all this. Oh, we need this. So that just explains. Oh, do you know? You know what the worst thing about all this is? It stinks of it as well. He's going to get his loyalty bonus right and in a couple of days. He'd be ticking down. He'll have a clock in his house. You know, it's, it's coming down like like when we're going live in an, in yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's taking fifty eight minutes to go. Jim He's like White. got that two days. <laughs> yeah, big yellow blinking thing. Yeah. So when he gets his money, and then if Real Madrid aren't going to buy him, this stinks of a low move to United or Chelsea. It stinks of everything that they're accusing us of. United going, oh, go and get him for a year. It would probably be brilliant for them. But Todd Bowie, that's just them all day, isn't it? Yeah. That is in London, and you can just see it happening because they haven't really got many loads of top forwards at the minute. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't see it, but it's 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 almost at a point where like he's th- that. He wants to go to Madrid and PSG are so pissed off at him for going to Madrid that they won't sell him to Madrid. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's in a year holding pattern. Saudi Arabia was the perfect get out close to PSG. They're going to let him go, get over. They don't, we don't have to deal with Madrid and everything. But then he's through a spanning away by saying no. So it might. this might just be, again, it could be an agent just throwing it out there. You know, Mbappe's available. We'll link him to Liverpool because they'll go big. But mm. someone wants him on loan. He, he, there's, a, there's a chance he goes there. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's potentially there. Yeah, you, I agree on that. You know, something's going to get done because because so, someone's going to look stupid. And like the, the PSG chairman or whatever has been saying, he will not be leaving on a free. Mm-hmm. He said he's not. Kylian mm-hmm. Mbappe's not leaving this club on a free transfer. We'll get you know. We'll, we'll if he doesn't agree, then we'll sell him. But you're right. Mbappe's going. Nah, mate. I'm all. I'm all right. <laughs> Sixty so million you, bonus on. Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow. August first. Yeah, and then it was the first. Yeah. And tomorrow, then yeah. They'll, they they what they'll try to do is get Real Madrid to buy him. But Real Madrid are going. Wait, we'll just wait twelve. Real Madrid get exactly. And that, that Real Madrid are not flush with cash, and this is the problem with the market in general. It's a point I want to make on the bias transfer pod because you know there's not been there's been some big moves, but there's not been a, a mass volume of movement this summer, like I think we thought. But it's this is the thing: Real Madrid are not soft. 
You know, they're looking at him going, well, it's the best player on the planet he desperately wants to play for us. And there's no, like, like Liverpool, like, holding out for Bellingham and then he's just eventually gone, actually, you know, I think I just would rather play for someone else and you're up shit creek. Yeah. Nobody's going to turn Kylian Mbappe's head in the next 12 months. So they're just like, great, we'll, we'll sit back and wait. They've gone and they bought Hossolu, he'll do for a the year. They're going to finish in the top three in, in La Liga. They'll make a good fist of the Champions League as they always do. And then, yeah, yeah they might not be a superpower, you know, might not quite be able to have the same firepower this year. Not that Vinicius Junior won't carry them through probably <laughs> regardless anyway. But yeah, and then next year they've got Vinicius Junior and Kylian Mbappe and you know if they keep all the Valverde then pff, brilliant you know, they probably want Haaland as well at some point so yeah. that the money they Jesus. save on Mbappe might get them Haaland or something. I know that sounds crazy to say but that is sort of the earmarked move so let's get Mbappe for free you've saved yourself 160 million to go and get yeah. Haaland then. right yeah let's get back to us because obviously <laughs> the bad bite, Mbappe to Liverpool is never going to happen um, Lavia not done does seem to like it's closing in though Dan um, yeah. it's I kind of surmised yesterday that we're in a, a weird position with him where they need to get it done as soon as possible. But if it, if it's not done by now, they don't really need it done till kind of like Wednesday, Thursday because the squad don't, yeah. don't even get back to back from Singapore till then. Mm-hmm. So they have got a little breathing room to just get it sorted over the coming days. As much as that's a bit of a frustration for all of us who want to see it all moving forward at pace. Yeah, I think we all when it all sort of really kicked into gear last week. I think we all felt like there was a chance. I think there's a report actually might have been David Lynch um, saying they want they would like to get him on the plane to Singapore. But now that's not a possibility. Yeah, there is a little bit of time to sort of relax and. The chances are he's not going to fly out there. Even if it was done today, it would seem crazy to do that. So, yeah, we have got a few more days to kind of dot some, dot some I's and cross some T's on it. And I hope we do because it's a fascinating one for me, the Lavia stuff, because we clearly really like him as a player. We've identified him for quite some time now. And I do think there's a little bit of a little bit of sort of buying potential with him. We know what he could go on to become. We clearly like the profile. We think he is going to be a star of the future. The issue we have is we might need to be a star now as well. And I'm personally not entirely sure he's ready for that. I'd love to be proved wrong. I'd love him to come in and be the sixth at Stamford Bridge and sort of never look back from that moment on. I'm not convinced that's going to be the case. And I spoke to Josh Williams last week on one of our deep dives and he was saying he likes him as well, but he kind of felt a lot of the reason we are trying to sign him is actually the homegrown quota in that side of things as well. So he thinks he's not quite the perfect fit, it's fair to say. So I do think even when we get the deal done, he feels like the Henderson replacement to me. Yeah. He's going to come in, take some minutes that Henderson would have had. He might even play in an eight at times because he feels like a type of technical player that could do that. He'll slot in as a six primarily and he'll take pressure off whoever it is. Should have been Fabinho, now not going to be Fabinho. So for me, we still need to go and sign the frontline DM after this. If it's just Lavia, that would be a little bit underwhelming to me because he's 19, one decent season of Premier League football behind him. I do think we're buying... Like I say, buying potential and almost, it sounds so fickle and so silly to say, but we're almost stopping your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's and your Man City's yeah. getting what we believe will be a very good player. Yeah, so. yeah I, it's a weird one with, with, with the Lavia thing for me because I I was surprised he played the other day, by the way. Mm-hmm. Come on, like, if, you, if you're moving, you just you protect your asset. Uh, so I was quite surprised by that. We did it with R2, didn't we? thing is, what I, what I get it with Lavi is, I know there's been lots mentioned, I've listened to you guys say and others say about about if he comes in, he still shouldn't be the main guy. But I think players like him, where he is in his career, his move needs to be to play football because he's played a lot last year. Yeah. He's developed to be a £40 million pound player or so, or thereabouts. You don't move now and be a second choice. You just don't do that. I think it, it, it stunts you. 
And I think the Bacetic thing also fits into that because if we bring in Lavia as our second choice, he's going to play 30 games this season. How many games is Bacetic going to play if someone else is playing 50? So if we bring Lavia in, and I almost do feel like he's not the perfect fit because we, we do need someone more experienced. But if he is the guy, I think we've just got to, he's got to be the guy. I think, I, think I'm, I would like Dan to be right, but I think Sam's right. He's the priority, obviously, and they must want him to play mm-hmm. because they, they are, they're not in a position where they can afford to look to the future. They, they need to get a deal done, I guess, to put a defensive midfield yeah. to play in the season. And if Lavia comes in, I think it's going to be him and Bacetic. I think the people are going to spend close to 50 million quid on him. I don't think another one's coming in. I think they should, but I don't think they are. It's an interesting child. You know, we just feel, and I guess Thiago and Bacetic, this is my problem with, with this, by the way. They've not had a pre-season. Thiago's mm-hmm. not going to get a pre-season and he's already injury prone. That's saying to me, you, you, he's going to break down again next year, you know, and he's already in that kind of, that kind of uh, situation anyway. So you're relying on Jones, Pachetic, and then Lavia as your main six. And I, I, I don't disagree with the point. Like, because, you know, you're 19, you're playing for the team, you should be making that step up. But again, big clubs do this. They bring in young lads and go, Come and fight, come come and earn your stripes, and that's the complication that selling Fabinho was brought upon. It's not even selling Henderson. You know, I'd have, kept, I'd have been, I'd have been fighting to keep Fabinho more than fighting to keep Henderson. You know, from a squad balance kind of kind of issue. He's, and I've seen a lot of people saying, well, you know, we were all in on Bellingham at 19, 19, 19. It's not about, yeah. it's not specifically about the nine. People get lost on a single issue point. He's not played senior football. I said this last week. He's played 7,700 minutes of football as a footballer, <laughs> including Premier League under 18 mm. league. That's not, and he's played double the amount of senior minutes as Bacetic. And we're a team that wants to win mm. four trophies next season, say. Yeah. What you, you what people forget is he's 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 a he's a star in the making. You mm-hmm. know he's got all the attributes to be a brilliant footballer. He's got that low centre of gravity. He's great on the ball. He's brave in possession. He's got a good range of passing. Great engine. Fast. Good. Aggressive. Brilliant. But he's nineteen years old. Nineteen year olds make mistakes mm-hmm. and cost you bit moments in big games of football that old players don't. There is a there's a balancing act between the physicality that you lose the older you get, but the experience and then the gamesmanship and the dark arts and all those extra bits and pieces. There's a reason why at 37 James Milner was still coming on and shutting games down. And it's not because Liverpool are tight asses. It's oh, because yeah. he's fucking brilliant at it. Mm-hmm. And he could do that in four different positions on the pitch for you. Milner wasn't there because he was a, a yeah, he won the lactate test, but he wasn't fast and he wasn't dead skillful and he wasn't tall and he wasn't the strongest player on the pitch. But everything he had and his his head kept him ahead of the ahead of the game. And that's the problem with with throwing in on an eighteen year old and a nineteen year old in a specialist position. Mm. That's the that's where we should be concerned about about the way they're going about the transfer suggests that's not the case though. Because mm. he's priority one. No, there's no one else really. There's a couple of whispers yeah. half here and there. Do you, if the, if, I think if they were going to do that, what we're suggesting, they either got the other one sorted first, and then Lavia would have been later in the window. Can we get a deal done for a young player? 
they're all in on this one. This is the only one. So I, yeah. Do you think, but, go on, Dan. Do you think there's a little bit of the Chelsea interest sort of pulling our hand on that though? Because maybe we have, and also the Lavia thing's been around for. I spoke to Sasha Tavlievi, the Belgian, about two months ago yeah. about interest in Lavia. So we've already done due diligence and groundwork on this. So it's actually the easier deal to do. We mentioned before about plans being sort of thrown into disarray. Yeah. We already had our plans for Lavia, so that's fine. Yeah, but I think the plan was Dan to spend like thirty million quid on him as should be in your backup. There's a difference between that and spending fifty million quid on him. He's going to play you. But we're 50 million quid richer now because we sold Henson. Yeah, but I, think, and that's, but I think he's going to play. And I think Jürgen disagrees with your age thing completely. He made he put Trent in the team and just played him. Yeah, and, and he put Harvey Elliott in the team and just played him after the low one year's yeah. low on that Blackburn. Like, Jürgen doesn't give a fuck. If he thinks, he, he, if he thinks you're good enough, he, he won't. Yeah, he's no, not bothered. Okay, I do. Yeah, and, and I think there are definitely examples of that, but they're also. There isn't an aunt. You know, that, that that works when you've got key senior age footballers in lynch positions in the in the no, team. No, it's a risk, I and think. I think and I and I look, we can't know. If I was to speculate, my my overall feeling on it is I think we've just reached the point of no return where we need a body in. Yeah. yeah. And I think they know they know the shape of that deal because they've been <laughs> yeah. negotiating it and they've been looking at it for and two they know months. The player wants to come. And he, exactly. And he's the only one that they can guarantee to get in it with it, to give us any sort of training time before the season starts. Everything else. I think is market dependent, and we talked about it before. But it's they, 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 I think they wanted they've tried to remain flexible in the market and wait for things to develop. And you know the best example of that is Sobersly. There's just no way that that was the first choice plan for that position. That's why we were being linked with Gravenberch and Sharam and, and, and God knows how many other ones. We thought but, 80 mil, didn't we? yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden that becomes available, and they go, "Yes, sound per- Bang, perfect. Yeah. Wow, we've we've played that absolute blinder on that." And Lavia feels like a compromise. Like they're going to have to pay over the odds for him. And they're going to have to go, just go and get it done ahead of perhaps someone who's a senior. Could we have got Amrabat though? I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but it, it seems as though United think so. But that seems like a deal we could have done in January. 20 odd, 30 million quid and lowish wages. So I think on Lavia, we don't know the answer to this, by the way, hence because we're not on the inside and we don't have the same <coughs> level of depth of stats and analysis. But. If you look at some of the players around the world, like Pedri, Gavi, Valverde, when he came through et, et al, they're a level of talent where you go, you don't need what they're him and him needed. If we think Lavi is of that ilk, then it's we need to get him in a world-class team and you'll see it. Yeah. Southampton, we don't know that, yeah. do we? And that's the big thing. Southampton picked them, mate. Like, and so, like, they're a very good team. I know Dan spoke to, was it Jacob Tanzo, who said, do you think he's the best player they've produced since Bale? Since Bale, yeah. Wow. Like, like, they show, think, right? like, I've got mates who support Southampton who say, honestly, he's the business. Like, they might just believe he's that good. And I'm with you. I agree with you. Everton think Jordan Pickford's boss because he's all that they want. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no. Like, I'm, I'm not, not saying Del Lavi's not, by the way. I no, just mean, there's, they're a fan base who have seen young players come through. You know what I mean? And I've seen good players and get them. So, I. Agree with, I agree. It's uncomfortable. My my thinking is the plan. And when you're going to do that, we've got some solutions. I think solutions is we're going to sign Lavia and we're going to sign a defender. And I yeah, think and I, I, that's why I think Jones could be part of the six as well. Yeah. No, I, I think I Europa think, League. I think it'll be Lavia, Bacetic, Thiago, oh, and yes. and, and then McAllister, Jones with your fudge. It is an ideal. I I think that they even reckon Lavia is that good. Or they can't get no one else yeah. in the quality, and they're not willing to do the, the Amrabat stopgap thing. I think, but the thing is, on that, I I still think that's a possibility because we're looking at it going. I just don't think you bother your arse buying. 
there's no rush on that one in the same way because he's not good. That that player is probably not good enough to start anyway. Yeah. So I think once they've again, it's weighing up the but the balance of things. They know they want Lavia. He's he's on the he's the plan. The Lavia is part of the plan and yeah. has been part of the plan. And having to make a decision now over what you what else you do, they're compromising. And I, it looks like instead of going and getting an eight or nine out of ten one-size-fits-all one solution, which I don't think was ever necessarily... I think it was the plan last year with Chiumeni, yeah, but I don't yeah. think it was the plan this time around. The look at the now got a Fabinho, who is on his best, probably uh, slipped from a 10 to maybe a 9 or an 8.5 out of 10, but as worse, he's a 6. And Lavia, because he's so young, is, is, a, is a 7 out of 10 player. If you, you need to go and get another 7 out of 10 midfielder with a bit more experience, there'll be some of them will just crop up in the next month or so. As the, as, you know, as the window goes, when footy comes back and teams become a bit desperate, you can put you might you might be able to push the button on Amrabat in the last week of the window. You've got enough there to keep you ticking over. Nothing else better materialised. And then you go, all right, fuck it. We'll just, that's when you go and get, you know, it might have been Polina or it might have been, a, a, you know, an Amrabat or whomever. You know, Wilfred and Didi, you know, I saw his name come up a lot because we played him mm-hmm. yesterday. That's my thinking on it. Um, they're trying to remain flexible, but they've reached the point now where that it, it's flexibility becomes folly if we if we're starting a season without a recognised number six yeah. at the at the football club. Um, is my hope on it anyway? Um, Defence, we promised this. Let's do it. Um, we're still short, aren't we? One, yeah, yeah, we're still one short. I think we're aware though. I think it's someone who can Kwanzaa. Like that left hand side, yeah. Because yeah. I think he's not ready yet. I think he could do with another loan. He's physically ready, yeah. yeah. But you can tell his reading, he's got a bit to learn. Like, there's no question about his physicality. I was saying we had obviously had Neil Jones on for general insights. It was like when you think of like Billy Cometio, Reese Williams, Sepp Vandenberg, they look like a drink of water dressed up, you know. What I mean, they, they was <laughs> they need they need they, they were skinny, like they need to fill out, you know. He's got mm. the frame and the and the physique and the power and stuff. He probably just needs to go and get some more game time experience. Nat Phillips didn't even go on the tour, he looks like he's probably mm-hmm. finally gonna get the movie one. So, I think Liverpool will be looking at Matip's replacement, but bringing him in a year early, potentially. Some, I, I think they'd like them to be left sided if they could, like mm-hmm. Colwell was the. Which was the interested one before obviously Chelsea decided he wasn't for sale. But Matip looked better than he had but he, I have still just a bit of concerns about him. But it, I I feel like again we, we it's hard without knowing the plan because like when Trent hasn't played and Costas has played, Costas has effectively been they flipped it and he's been inverted into midfield kind of he's thing. He's not been an understudy for Robbo, he's let Quanta be that understudy, yeah. which tells yeah, I think and it well you can't know this because if we had more defensive midfielders, we might have seen something completely yeah. different. That mm-hmm. becomes the X factor, or the unknown rather on this. Um, but it does say to me that yeah, the left sided because Robbo's not a right fit for it. He's fine, you know, and he's been doing he's been doing a, a good job. And I like the fact that he's still getting up and supporting the attack. Well, Gomez did a good job of that on the flip side. That was best Gomez's best game mm-hmm. um, against Leicester as well. It's it's just it's a gamble to let Quanta do it. He might be. He might be. This is a problem. My problem with all this is that these young players actually, you know, if we're saying if if we're going to make a case and go, well, Lavia, if he's good enough at nineteen, throw him in and trust him, but then not make the same case for Quanser and but not make the same case. One's played Premier League footy and one's played League One. Again, what's happened with Conor Bradley? He's injured. Is he the is he the fullback? Because if he's if he's Trent's deputy, and when to be fair to Bradley, when he's played in preseason, they've they've let him be the midfield of you know the inverted mm-hmm. one. 
Does that mean Gomez is just primarily a centre half now, and then are you comfortable with four? There's a lot of this is these are like these aren't like first eleven problems. There's a DM that people need to put in their first eleven. It's a first eleven problem if we start the season like last season when Nat Phillips is playing yeah. centre half. Six us. injuries in a week. Yeah, yeah that, that's what this, that's why the DM is priority one. Then centre back needs to be down the line. Yeah, yeah. I, it's the um, I, I'm happy for Quanter to stick around. If I'm honest, you know, I, I think he, the, there's a Nat Phillips role in that squad, and I think the way we've shifted it, we need and we need another centre half as well. Now, if you're playing two at the back, you're playing four at the back. If you're playing two centre halves any given time, I think you do need you need fours fine, and then a random extra body yeah. as a as a break glass solution. We've got that right now. Mm-hmm. Because Quance is just Phillips, but I would argue that if if Simicass isn't being trusted to play as an understudy to Robertson, then we need we we need another, we need another one as well. Because we are we're not playing with fullbacks, so we fullbacks are centre backs now. Mm-hmm. So we need either more, we need more midfielders, or we need more centre halves to be able to cover that. Because if you're playing three at the back in possession, we are short. We've got enough for those two teams just about when we seen, but there was nothing else beneath that there was no one left on the bench who was coming on to play in defence for us yeah. um, it's just weird that there's not been more you no, know like yeah I think the Colville's the only one wasn't he but like you said when that deal became apparent it wasn't going to happen even though Chelsea is still signing centre-halves um, which is mad in itself but yeah when it became apparent that Colville wasn't there hasn't been any sort of alternatives to that but I really like Quanta I think in an ideal world we would sign someone further down the line in terms of development which Colville obviously does tick those boxes and Quanta would go get a championship loan because I mentioned earlier Bristol Rovers last year who were really impressed with him and he had a good time there but he does need more football at a slightly higher level before he's part of our squad in my opinion but because you mentioned Phillips there and he's never really he went spent time in Germany and stuff handy in the Bundesliga too and played his football there but he was always older than Quanta even when he came back for that derby he was like 23 by that point you know yeah. what I mean so he was more experienced just in an age profile wise but the left sided stuff is really interesting I do think we need one it was fascinating to see Robertson be so adventurous from that role and I always, I always go on about it because I remember him saying back end last season, you still get forward. And I just think you can't, you can against Leicester when we're dominating the ball and they're bang average because they were for large parts of that game. That's fine, but against Chelsea away, Robbo ain't gonna be able to be bombing forwards. And it's also fascinating that we haven't seen Simicast play in sort of the left sided centre back role we've gone to where he's been in midfield, like you say. So. God forbid, touch wood, Robertson gets injured. All of a sudden, can Trent then not go into midfield because Simicast is doing it from the other side? So we do need a backup because otherwise, we're stopping what we get best out of Trent because we need Simicast to do it because we're not trusting him to do the other bomb. Or you're doing a random, or you ask a random winger or midfielder, or you know what I mean? Like you, you, you're starting to have to create random solutions to the problems. I do think it's interesting the way that they've kind of fixed the defence across you know the two teams. Mm. We've seen a bit of mix and matching with the midfield. We've seen a little bit of a little bit, you know, the eights in particular. We've seen a mix and matching with the attack. But the defence, the only slight change was, of course, with Conor Bradley not being in there, Trent going back to the inverted fullback against Leicester. But it's interesting that we've kept Quance, uh, Matip, Gomez together as a as a thing. Um, I just can't, you know. I don't. I, I'd have liked to have seen, and maybe we'll do the against Bayern or Darmstadt, and maybe that'll. I think this might be the indicator as to whether we're buying someone or not. If maybe we see Quanta start alongside Van Dijk and Canate and see what that get a little look at what that looks like, or do we experiment with something else? Because last week we were going well. Gakpo had played nothing but eight in pre-season mm. up until that point. Was that a, a, a key leaning towards something? We haven't tried anything particularly mad with the defence, but 
I, I think as well, I think if we bring someone in, in my opinion, it makes someone redundant. If we bring a right centre back in, it puts Matt's position in the squad in real question because Gomez is flexible. If we bring a left centre, left footed centre half in, what's Simicas? Simicas' features. That's what I would be shocked if Simicas is That that's what I and I think that's the simple. If you want to, if, you want, if we need to raise a bit of money, which we always seem to do, and you need to, and you, you know you got Phillips as well. Phillips and Simicas go. You might have a pot of money there then to go right there. There's your you, you start on budget for a, a defender. Yeah, and it's, I think that's a big factor in this. Costas, if, if we're playing this new thing and this is the way to go. There's no room for Timakas in it, Timakas no. in it because do you, well, and that's how like the way it works is you do what we have been doing. You could say in the Europa League, Gomez plays right back, Matip mm. and a another centre back plays, and then Simakas is the one who becomes the invert. He, you just flip it and he's the inverted left back. The way Zinchenko does it, so that's one option, I suppose. But you, 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 you realize, and he was fine actually. That was, that was his second half against yeah. Leicester. That was the the best he's looked in it. And he's been trained on. He, just, he just sense, doesn't yeah. have what Trent has, does he? Yeah, it's was, so that's the, most, that's the most obvious statement of all yeah, time because yeah, Trent yeah. is an absolute freak. But you're right. We've got what we have over Man City, and again, they did this with Josh. What we have over Man City and Arsenal when they play this system is their lads going in there are fine, but they're not Trent Alexander Arnold. No, yeah. they're not. So what we lose by it not being Trent and it being a Timmercast, it might be Bradley, and he hasn't got it either. But we want it to be Trent as much as humanly possible. Mm. We want it to be Trent. If suddenly it's Timmercast, it's just not the same. Yeah, no, it is. It's a big, it's a big question mark on this, and it's 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 mad because it feels a bit like I don't know. There's like we're, we're treating these one after the other. You know what I mean? We're trying to play, we're trying to match by play match pairs by holding the the, the cards as a deck yeah. rather than have them that have them sort of spread out. We're going this one, this one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we've got we've got to do one deal before we can even contemplate doing the, the next one. And it's I I get the anxiety that's creeping into people over it because we've made bad missteps in recent years in, in the transfer market. I've just got this underlying feeling that, that there must be something going on. You know what I mean? They've, they've, they've either come well, to a decision... Play, or they're bidding for player. Yeah. So they're there or they're about. But I mean, the Lavia stuff's fine, but that's, you know, why can't, when the phone gets put down, and that, they're not, it's not like a constant live stream conversation between <laughs> Schmadkill and, and Southampton, is it? You know what I mean? When he finishes that call, can he not pick the phone up and speak to someone about the <laughs> defender while, while he's there? Unless there's, again, it just leads me to believe that there's, Either they're waiting for an opportunity, a window of opportunity to open for them in the coming weeks. And look, let's be honest, in the short term, we we can get by with what we've got till the end of the window. It doesn't we don't it's not desperate for another centre half before Chelsea. We are desperate for a six, but we're not desperate for another centre half now. It, it would be ideal to get them all in and, and done. But also we know that we want to get this window right. Mm-hmm. They can't afford they, they haven't got the rooms of spunk but spunk budget, but they also need to make sure that they're getting the right the right body in. I do wonder whether there's just something going on, like they've got their eyes on one or two and they're waiting for situations to develop. My, that's my only my speculation. At the moment, he's in the middle of a pre-season tour and a pre-season training camp with his team. He might be like, let me have a look because I've got a few lads coming back into the fold. I need to see who's developed. Bobby Clark's developed these in the squad now. So he might, his position in Klopp's mind might be different than it was in May. Same with Kwanzaa, same with X, Y and Z player, Bradley, for instance. So it might just be if we, I just need to take stock Let's get Lavia sorted, and then after when I'm back and we're not leaving the country again, we can then say, right, I think it's that position or it's that position we need to get. I think that's important as well because the 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 plan might not already be set; it might be fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's gonna be. It's just tough, isn't it? Because I, I be in this because you have to, we talk about it and we speculate on it. It feels like making 
like excuses for stuff, but I might I remain of the opinion that we're trying to wait. It's trying to get your head into what they're thinking because mm-hmm. there's conversations after they've not just gone, but done. They're not daft. They see the same things that that, that we see. But they see more as well. You know what I mean? There's there's far more data, far far more knowledge, and there's again there's there'll be pages and pages and gigabytes of data on you know and terabytes on what on what they're actually their the real thoughts are and stuff. But it, it feels weird because from the outside, when you without that information, we're less than two weeks away from the season starting, we haven't got a, a fit recognised number six at the, at the football club, and right now our left sided defensive options in our first choice defence are. A left back, a flying industrious left back, and Andy Robertson, uh, a kid centre half who's only played League One, and Costa Simakas, who's a fucking nutcase, who is I clearly hasn't been, is clearly being pushed more towards playing midfield than playing centre half. So it is work it, to it be done. Yeah, I, I mean the one one again. It's this is pure speculation. I hate I hate speculating because it gets people excited, and then when it doesn't come off, you get you get naturally disappointed. But there are two players that we've been linked with who can play in positions that we need that we're going to be going up against this week uh, in the final Singapore mm. friendly game. If we game. sign Kimmich or... Who's the other one? Pavard. Pavard. Yeah. Pavard, yeah. Well, there's more chance of me. I, think the pa- I don't think the Pavard stuff's out of the rounds of possibility. Well, if it is for him, he wants to play. Yeah, good point. The reason he's leaving, he wants to play, and he wants to play centre-back. Mm. Doesn't he as well? That's the thing with him. And yeah, it, that's just one of those where... I think Liverpool aren't going to do it. I think that whoever they sign a centre back, I wouldn't be shocked if they were kids, like 20, 21, 22. Like, I think they will. Well, that's, that's, how we, that's that. who we sign. That, yeah. We'll sign someone who's. I, the ideally, you want to sign someone who's 22, 23, I think. You know, yeah, go, think so. go do Canate again. You know, yeah. in that way, you've got room to. Well, the Palace yeah. kids, but obviously he's Gay yeah. yeah. I do. Well, Gay is a shout. I mentioned him earlier on in my show, actually. I do think, and I might be stupid in saying this, I do think, even though everything points towards Chelsea never selling him. I do wonder whether we are just just waiting for Colby, which might be foolish. It might be How stupid. How long is his contract? I think he's got a year left, and they are trying to tie him down to a new deal. But if he says no, but he is the only reason I say it is because he is so perfect for what we want: yeah. age, positionally, what he offers. He's he's Quanza four years he's, down the line. Isn't yeah. he's, the, he's that deal is is the Allison deal for me, and it's like you know, okay, Quanza's probably a better centre half than. Danny Ward was a goalie, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, probably not. But in fairness, you know, it's like. <laughs> but that's my point about this. And then for the next Poor couple Ward. of weeks, for the next couple of weeks, barring unforeseen circumstances, we're actually we're reasonably well stocked in that. You can't afford to hold on a little yeah. bit and see if that happens because that's the thing. He's right now. He's too expensive, and they're not obviously one hundred percent certain that he wants to to, to join us. I, I guess. Yeah. If that was to change, they might be able to, to pounce on that. And then you've got your first choice target sorted. If we bottle it now and go all in on Gray, for example, at 40 or 45 or 50 or whatever he's going to cost, that means you've got no chance of signing Levi yeah. Colwell anytime soon. Um, so you'd almost rather them sign a contract at Chelsea, be off the table, or say, I'm not signing a contract. Exactly. It's got yeah. None of this sort of flux and... But it's Poch factor, and he's just come in. Someone here saying he's got two years left on his contract. Ah, right. that's, 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 that's I don't think problem. it's as pressing as the one year, but mm-hmm. it's that thing of, yeah, either way, player power will play a role in this. Chelsea have just signed another centre-half, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And they've got loads of, they have got loads of players. And again, there's like a, I think Chelsea are key to this whole transfer window. They still hold far too many bodies. They've been quite smart in what they've moved on so far. And they're trying to still sign more. 
But yeah, I mean, literally, that's to the point. They've, they, yeah, they've let Kai Avert go and they've let Mendy go and no. they've let, you know, there's, there's a bunch of players go. But they've, they've signed three or four as well on top of that to come in. So net, they're not actually loads better off in terms of volume of bodies than they were at the start of the window. So maybe there's a little bit, a little bit in that, certainly. Um yeah, right sound. Let us know your thoughts on anything we've discussed in that regard in the comments section, please do. Uh, if you want to continue these discussions, then join us for our live shows during the week on our YouTube channel, Half Twelves, uh, is where we're here discussing most of these things as well. And uh, we're going to be picking up on Chelsea, the rest of the big teams in the Premier League, and doing a bit of a state of play across the transfer market in the Bias Transfer Podcast. That's going to follow on uh, live on Redmen Plus pretty much 20 minutes or so after this one. So come and join us over there for that one. We're going to be looking at what's been done by the club so far, what needs to be done, and just see if we can have a general yeah, general sense of the overriding state of play in the transfer market for the Premier League clubs. Hope to see you over there. Um, buy a Bobby Firmino book is what I'll leave you on. Uh, thank you so much, gentlemen. Absolute pleasure. See you all soon. Bye. Hey, our brand new book has landed. It is Bobby Firmino, best in the world, an A4 format prestige limited edition book featuring incredible insights into the life and times of a cop icon, taking it back to his days, his boyhood days in Brazil, his transfer to Hoffenheim and a season by season guide to his time on Merseyside. Follow the story of Bobby Firmino, get great stats, insights, quotes. You're going to see fantastic photos from his times at the Reds and unique artwork from a whole host of incredible Liverpool artists as well. It is a very limited edition, limited run, one and done. Grab one while you can. We've even got a special author signed edition available as well and even more limited quantities. Head to redmanmerch.com. You are sure to be thrilled and marvel at this wonderful creation of ours. Yes, head to redmanmerch.com. Grab one today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.